Cooperation. How can we use cooperation as seen in the wonderful musician to improve our lives? Hey, this is Bringing Stories into Life B-Side, where I talk about a certain concept mentioned in the story of the previous episode. Don't worry if you didn't check that one out. If you just want to learn how to apply today's concept to your own life, all the information you need will be provided in this episode. But if you have a little time to spare, feel free to listen to the story as well. Now, let's dig into it. The lone wolf is a wolf that lives independently rather than as a member of a pack with others. Lone wolves are typically either older female wolves that have been chased away from the pack, often by the pack leader, or young adult wolves in search of new territory. Very few wolves remain lone wolves because they have difficulty hunting their species' favorite prey, large ungulates, which are hard to kill on one's own. Of all members of the genus Canis, the wolf is most specialized for cooperative game hunting. This style of hunting also aligns with its physical adaptations to tackling large prey, its more social nature, and its highly advanced expressive behavior. But not only in the animal kingdom, being part of a collective effort can reap huge benefits in survivability, intelligence, and general life quality. That is why I want to look at the trait of cooperation and how it aided the animals in surviving the traps laid out by the musician in Grimm's fairy tales, The Wonderful Musician. We will also learn about the difference between cooperation and collaboration and how to cultivate both of these skills alongside each other. So what are cooperation and collaboration? Cooperation is when individuals work in support of another's goal. An easy example is your best friend helping you move. He helps you because he likes you and is reciprocate of your helping him last week. Your friend does not hold ownership, meaning he has no personal gain. Besides strengthening his relationship with you, bonding with you over the experience. Collaboration is when a group of people come together and work on a project in support of a shared objective, outcome or mission. The song Under Pressure by Queen and David Bowie is a famous example of a musical collaboration where both parties have shared ownership and investment in the final outcome. Both cooperation and collaboration are about working together in a cooperative way, only that collaboration specifies a shared ownership of the outcome. In today's episode, I will use the word cooperative behaviors as an umbrella term for both cooperation and collaboration. Michael Tomasello, the co-director of the Max Planck Institute for Evolutionary Anthropology in Leipzig, specifies developmental and cooperative psychology. In his book, Why We Cooperate, Tomasello studies about young children and great apes aim to identify the underlying psychological processes that very likely supported humans' earliest forms of complex collaboration and our unique ways of cultural organization. These findings help to shine light on the evolution from tolerance and trust to the creation of group-level structures like cultural norms and institutions. He also talks about how in humans, cooperation is a unique mix of learned and innate behavior. Where do cooperative behaviors appear in the story? In the story, the wonderful musician, the musician entrapped a wolf, a fox and a hare. The wolf was able to free himself from the musician's trap 
and when he saw the other animals being captured as well, he helped them. I quote, When the fox saw the wolf running, he began to lament and cried with all his might, Brother wolf, come to my help, the musician has betrayed me. The wolf drew down the little tree, bit the cord in two and freed the fox, who went with him to take revenge on the musician. They found the tied-up hare, whom likewise they delivered, and then they all sought the enemy together. The wolf was cooperative in saving the fox and the hare, where he himself had nothing to gain. Then, motivated by their desire to seek revenge, they were collaborative in bringing their enemy, the musician, to justice. Their attempt was only thwarted by the sudden appearance of the musician's ally, the woodcutter. Where do cooperative behaviors appear in everyday life? Luckily, cooperation is something we experience daily. Many of us do not think that nearly every interaction between humans is an act of cooperation. If you safely participate in traffic, that is only possible through the cooperation upheld by laws and morality and the sense of community among you and the other drivers. Imagine being competitive in traffic, that would lead to a lot of accidents. A good everyday life example of collaboration is parenting. The family joins their resources and knowledge together to raise their offspring in the best way they know. Cooperative behaviors can also be a source of inspiration and help deepen our knowledge. Jimmy Wales and Larry Sanger aimed to further humanity's knowledge, so they created Wikipedia, the famous multilingual open collaborative online encyclopedia created and maintained by a community of volunteer editors. Millions of people use and contribute to it every day, which makes it the poster child for collaborative success. Why are cooperative behaviors important? In studies on the effects of cooperation and competition on intrinsic motivation and performance, the success rate of intergroup competitors, meaning one team against another team, in sport trials were the highest. That is one reason why we should combine the will to compete with our need for support. The better reason, in my opinion, is that we can create something author Simon Sinek calls the circle of safety. In the prehistoric world, there was a lot of danger threatening us humans. As a defense mechanism, we developed our social abilities, stick together, learn to trust each other and create an environment where the group provided security, the circle of safety. This is how cooperative behaviors led to fulfilling the basic human needs for safety and belonging. How can we learn cooperative behaviors and how can we get our peers to be more cooperative? If you want to make people cooperate with you, you need to establish trust. I will give you a quick action and a long-term tactic to help you achieve this. The simplest and fastest way to create an environment of trust is by going first. Leadership is a choice, not a rank, as Simon Sinek puts it. You have to trust people before they will trust you. To facilitate cooperation, the Chief Center for Leadership teaches the method of asking what do you think should be done. By doing so, you not only initiate goal-oriented work, but also signal that you are willing to work towards that goal in a collaborative way. If the strategy of your counterpart is not feasible, explain to them why and focus on what part of their solution is doable. By asking someone about their approach, you pay respect to their way of thinking and in return 
earn respect and trust. Sometimes, hearing many opinions also allows you to find a better solution for your challenges. The long-term tactic is about how to manage your defensiveness. Jim Tam, a former law professor and judge, explains how defensiveness does not protect us from other people, but from fears we don't want to feel. It prevents us from cooperating with other people because by doing so, we perceive three big fears. Our own significance, our competence and our likability. When wanting to become less defensive, the challenge is that defensiveness is mostly unconscious. So Jim suggests to look for your own unique signs of defensiveness in your behavior. His team lists over 50 of them, so I will give you only the most common ones. Withdrawal into silence, playing poor me, all or nothing thinking, wanting to be right, blaming and shaming others, confusion, high tension in the body, catastrophizing everything, wanting the last word, obsessive thinking, and finally, the one I am most guilty of, ask my girlfriend, flooding the other person with information to prove my point. Once you found your most common defensive behavior, Jim advises you to use a five-step plan to conquer your defensiveness. 1. Acknowledge that you are being defensive. 2. Slow down your breathing and relax your body. 3. Observe what your mind is telling you why you need to be defensive. 4. Perform an action step to counter your defensive behavior. An action step is doing the exact opposite of what your automatic reaction would be. For instance, if you are dead silent, try to speak up. 5. Remember to be patient with yourself. This is a learning process. Practice makes perfect. I myself try to implement Tam's ideas to work on my defensiveness and create an action step to only give the most important information and then stop talking. So I don't flood people with information that does not contribute to the argument when I get defensive. Hopefully, these ideas can help you on your quest to become more cooperative. Finally, there is one last important question. How do I turn a cooperative endeavor into a collaborative one? To transform cooperation into collaboration, you need to add agreement and ownership. Since this is the joining of ownerships, you should ask yourself, how can we make this into a work we both enjoy and want to own? If you found a person or a group you want to collaborate with, you have to work out your shared vision and state each party's responsibilities clearly. And after you started working together, you should communicate on a regular basis to help and encourage each other to get through potential hardships together. Hopefully I have inspired you to dive deeper into the topics of cooperation and collaboration. If you want to learn how you can improve your life with today's concept, I recommend Jim Tam's book, Radical Collaboration. If you want to learn more about how leaders shape environments so that we can all cooperate, I suggest you read Simon Sinek's book, Leaders Eat Last. Thanks for tuning in to Bringing Stories Into Life B-Side, hosted by Qatari Tales. If you have any questions or suggestions, Feel free to leave a comment or email me at kataritales at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel so I can bring more stories into your life.